The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Class is in session with the civilian goat, Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. We'll get to Greg momentarily. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings. Man, I'm thankful for those guys. Make sure you use the code ROSS when you go over there to get $200 in free bets when you place a $5 bet for the new customers. That's amazing. You guys are amazing. That are spreading the word via social media. It feels like our social media stuff is growing. And I think that's in large part thanks to you guys. So I'm going to keep giving out winners. Maybe I'll even give out two tomorrow. I got a bunch of press passes. Maybe I'll even pick two spread the word winners tomorrow. In fact, I'm going to. I'm going to pick one from TikTok, at Ross Tucker NFL, and one from the new Facebook page that just has the highlight clips from these shows, Pearls of Wisdom from Greg Cosell and others, Ross Tucker Pod on Facebook. Sponsor confirmation, email winner. You guys know I've been pushing Peloton and West Shore Home this week. Big fan of both of those. I'm a big fan of free trials and free consultations. If it's free, it's for me. And then YouTube shout out. Always so fun to do these videos for you guys. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Hit the thumbs up to subscribe. Reply to any video. And then just say, Ross, I'm just here for the shout out, bro. And that's fine. And then I'll go ahead and you'll have a great chance to be the winner. And I'll do the shout out video for whoever you want it for. Shout out today to DJ Roberts. He is our latest patron. Patreon.com slash RT Media. That is growing as well as people like to see, I think, the even money bets in black and white. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, I'm going to do this a little bit differently, Greg. And, of course, you follow Greg on social media at Greg Cosell. I'm going to start with the championship games to make sure we get everything in that we want about those games. And then with whatever time we have left over, might ask you some questions about some of the teams that lost Just your thoughts on them moving forward. But let's start with the NFC Championship game. And I know you're looking at, you know, both sides of the ball here. So let's start with when the Niners have the football 
and the Eagles are on defense, what will you be looking at there? I think the main thing I'll be looking at there is how the Eagles decide both from a personnel and matchup standpoint uh, to match up versus the 49ers 21 personnel, Ross. The 49ers played 21 personnel, meaning two backs, one tight end, two wide receivers, and use check as the second back. So during the regular season, 33% of their snaps had 21 personnel. Last week against Dallas, almost 50% of their snaps had 21 personnel. And when they're in 21 personnel, they motion on almost every play when they're in that particular personnel package. So the question becomes for the Eagles, do they stay in their base defense, number one? Do they play nickel with Gardner Johnson in the slot? Because Gardner Johnson is a physical player who can defend the run. Um, And the other factor involved there is the Niners are the most versatile formationally out of that particular 21 personnel package with five eligible receivers who can line up anywhere in the formation. So the question is, how do the Eagles deal with that? Because as you know, you can't get caught up defensively in adjusting to every single formation. Look, it's too too much mental gymnastics for a defense. Um, So to me, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. And I'm really intrigued by that. It seems to me, Greg, like uh, two thoughts on that. One is watching them, they'll split use check out wide sometimes just to have your corner or whoever have to be covering. I mean, he's a he's an eligible receiver, so somebody has to cover him. But now you got your corner on their fullback. Correct. So that's my point is, will the Eagles do that? Uh, will they ma- play more man coverage because they don't want to get stuck? You know, the, the point is, is what the Niners do when, because they're so formation diverse out of 21 is they pretty much force the defense to some degree. I mean, defensive coaches are smart, so I don't want to sit here and say it's easy, but it's by no means easy. And by the way, the, the Eagles will have something. We just don't know what it is. But what you're trying to do if you're Kyle Shanahan and their staff is give Brock Purdy as much information as possible before the ball is snapped. That's why you do so much formation variation. That's why you do so much motion. I mean, there's other reasons as well, but that's one of the reasons. So I'm just fascinated by that matchup. So what I've been saying this week, Greg, and I want your opinion on it, you know, the Eagles are really, really in tune with stopping explosive plays. That's their focus, okay? I've seen teams say we're going to stop the run – against the Shanahan offense, and then they just get play action and booted to death. And they give up explosives on the in-breaking routes to tight ends, to receivers, et cetera. Then I've seen other teams that say, we're going to stay in two two high safeties, and we're not going to even have our – we're going to tell our linebackers to, you know, be a little bit more – hesitant is not the right word, but not be quite as downhill – because we don't want to be giving up those explosives. And so they're not as in tune with stopping the run there. It's fair to say, right, Greg, that you really can't be, you can't put the pedal to the metal on, on both. You kind of have to be more focused on the explosives or more focused on stopping the run. Well, and the thing is, because the Niner defense is so good, Kyle Shanahan can stay with the run game. Look what he did last week in the first half of that game. McCaffrey, Mitchell, and Samuel had nine for 25. Then in the second half, because obviously the game was close and, you know, they could just play their offense, those three players had 20 rushes for 72 yards. Now, that doesn't seem like a 
big numbers because it's less than four yards a carry. But as you and I both know, when you watch that game, they started to control the pace and tempo of the game with the run game, even though they did not have a long run. It seemed like all of a sudden they were getting four yards, five yards, six yards. They just started to control the game. So the Niners will stay with the run game. So what I'm fascinated by as well is what will the Eagles do? Will they play base to 21, which means they're 5-2 front? Or will they think, okay, we could get caught in the pass game here, and do we need to play nickel? Do we need to play with four down linemen, two linebackers? You know, it's these are all things they're figuring out this week. You and I don't know the answer until we see the game um, because we're not there. But I'm just – I think that's a really important – matchup element to this game let's go on the other side when the eagles have the ball greg what should we be looking at or keying on yeah, the eagles are a tough offense to defend the hurts factor is really problematic for teams he's in the gun on almost every play and when he's in the gun you have his own read element you have the, the quarterback run game element um they do a lot of rpos they do a lot of run action um you know it puts a tremendous burden and, and puts second-level defenders in conflict. Now, Warner is the best linebacker in football. You could argue Warner and Greenlaw is the best nickel linebacking duo in football. So you're dealing with really, really good players. Um, But this is a team that is really difficult to defend because of the Hurts factor in the run game. And their O-line, Ross, you know, again, we know that the D-line for the 49ers is really good. And this is another – this game has so many intriguing matchups. But this Eagles O-line – I mean, you saw the game last week against the Giants. It almost had the feel of a preseason game. I mean, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence were non-factors in the game. And the Eagles O-line just absolutely dominated the game. It was, you know, I've heard people say that, boy, Jalen Hurts played his best game of the year. He didn't come close to playing his best game of the year. He didn't have to do very much. Um, You know, he was really good, but he was never under duress. Um and they do such a good job with how they get to what they want to do. So it's it's just he's able to get the ball out. You rarely see him stuck in the pocket. He understands this offense really well. Um, but it all starts up front. They just dominate up front. I really don't know on some of the RPOs, Greg. I really don't know what the back, the backside linebacker is supposed to do. I t- I mean, you really can't be right. It's really hard. It's really hard. If Hurts is reading it correctly, if he stays back and gives it, they're a man short in the run game. If he comes, Hurts pulls it, there's a void in the pass game. I mean, it's just tough. They've added routes, you know, quick routes to it. You know, we all think of RPOs, oh, a quick slant, you know, behind in the middle of the field. But they throw the quick out to Goddard, and Goddard gets the ball in space. And he's a really tough matchup. I mean, he's a really good tight end. So uh, they're a really difficult offense to defend. Um, Great O-line. Hurts runs it really efficiently. Um, They'll take a shot here and there. I I would think you'd want to look in this game for them to take some shots outside with Smith and Brown versus Ward and Lenore. I'm not saying they're going to win those. They could, but I would expect them to work outside the numbers against Smith and Lenore at times in this game. Let's get to the AFC championship game. How about the Chiefs when they have the football? I know we don't really know how well Mahomes is going to be able to move, but I'm I'm so intrigued by what Lou Anarumo throws at Mahomes with the ankle. Yeah, and I think he'll make him move early, but – Lou Anaroma has done such a really good job. I mean, he has little tweaks 
Um, you know, everybody talks about the three-man rush. It's not just the three-man rush, Ross. It's the it's what they do with it. Because look at Kelsey. Kelsey often goes in motion across the formation, or sometimes he lines up at number three to trips. What they've done a really, really good job of is they'll drop off out a defensive end to the side of Kelsey, whether he's three to trips or whether he motions, and that initially shows a quick bracket slash double on Kelsey and takes away that throw right away. Because how many times do we see quick throws to Kelsey by Mahomes? Um, then they mix up man and zone really efficiently. They, they try to get Mahomes to hold the football. And I think in this game, that's really important because what does Mahomes do when he doesn't see it right away? Move. It's in his instincts to move. And he's arguably the best in the league at it. He has such a great feel for spatial awareness and where people are and where and, and where throws are. So that's he's phenomenal at that. But the question is, can he do that? We don't know the answer to that. And the Bengals won't know the answer to that, but they're going to test it for sure. So I think early in the game, you're going to try to see Luan Aramo take away the throws that he knows based on film study, the, the timing throws, and make Patrick do what he does phenomenally well, better than anybody else, move and make plays. And then we'll find out if he can move and make plays. Yeah, uh, we're going to find out a lot. And early, I think, in both these games, you know, the Eagles focus on stopping the run versus – explosives and play action behind them and then the Bengals how they attack Patrick Mahomes and how well he can move on the other side Greg I I was on the sideline for the Bills and the Bengals and you know I say this with great reverence Burrow is starting to remind me Greg of a Brady Manning type in the sense that it feels like he's beating people with his brain. And it felt like in that game against the Bills, Greg, watching it from the sideline, it felt like he knew where he was going with the ball before the ball was snapped like 75% of the time. I mean, he was getting it out quick, Greg. Right. He knew where he was going seemingly before he even got the ball in his hands. Well, and I would say that's probably that's probably fair. I mean, he's the true definition of a passer. He can throw with timing and anticipation. He can throw with pace and touch. He can finesse velocity when needed. And perhaps most importantly, his ball placement is really precise. He can move and manipulate defenders. He can navigate the pocket with poise and composure. His his processing is high level. He sees things. The great quarterbacks, Ross, and you nailed it, They a very high percentage of the time, they know where to go with the ball before the ball snaps. Now, again, Defensive coaches are smart. Defenses are good. There's going to be snaps where that doesn't happen. But for the most part, he knows where he's going with the football before the ball is snapped. Um, And he's really good with his timing and his rhythm. You got to get them to third down and long where the drops have to be deeper. The ball can't come out quite as quick where the pass rush for the Chiefs can become a factor because it's still a banged up offensive line. The Chiefs do have a good pass rush. They've got some players who are difficult to defend one on one and block one on one. So, you know, but that's hard to do because they're so efficient with their offense. Um, You know, everybody said, oh, the run game, the run game, you know, in the first half last week, Ross. The Bengals had 29 called passes and only 12 called runs. So it's just that the runs were effective, but it wasn't as if they came out and just said, we're going to run the ball because they they threw the ball at a much, much higher percentage than they ran it. It's just, as I said, the runs were effective. Yeah, I'm I'm so impressed 
I mean, it was snowing, man. I mean, I was there. Yeah. It was snowing. The footing wasn't great. I was just really impressed with how efficient they were throwing the football uh, in that game, which leads me to some of these teams that lost this past weekend. Greg, I don't know how else to say it other than I was really disappointed in the Bills. I mean, well, you know, it, it was a stark contrast to Burrow. Josh Allen got the ball. It looked like he wasn't sure where to go with the ball. It looked like he was confused. And he was kind of just trying to buy time and then find somebody open to rifle it into. And then defensively, I was not expecting the Bills to get run over like that. Yeah, I mean, the defense was probably the thing that was more surprising because you and I have talked, and I've mentioned this to you going back months, the Bills are not very good on offense. They have a below-average offensive line. They don't run the ball. There's no relationship between their run game and the pass game. They've got one wide receiver they can really count on on a weekly basis. It's it's a tribute to Josh Allen that this team is as good as they've been record-wise. And I think we all got mesmerized by what Josh Allen did in the playoffs last year, which was superhuman. And I think you just expect that he's going to do that every single game. And you, you and I both know you can't do that. But They've got some self-scouting to do, in my view, and this is all based on film study. Everything I just said is based on film study, um, but they're really not very good on offense, other than the fact that they have a quarterback who can do really special things, but you can't play like that every single week. If, if your approach is, if our quarterback doesn't play great, we can't win, and of course, they wouldn't say that's their approach, but that's the reality. If our quarterback doesn't play great, we really can't win it's hard to win in the playoffs like that because games play out differently. And sometimes you need the rest of your, I mean, look what happened last year in the Bengals Super Bowl run when they beat um, Tennessee in the first round, I believe it was 1916 and Burrow got sacked not nine times. Sometimes you have to win other ways, you know, it, and, and they're, they can't do that. So to me, they need to do some, some self-evaluation and decide where they want to go because it can't be – their offensive identity is Josh B. Great. As for the uh, – let's get to the Cowboys. Yeah. Greg, what – I don't remember Dak ever having this interception issue before, but it was bad this year. I mean, he was playing well. They were moving the ball. They were scoring points. But every game it felt like there was a couple interceptions that weren't good. And, and for the most part, some of them were just interceptions you would not expect him to to throw. I mean, the one he threw that that was tipped by, uh, and, and that Warner ended up catching was just the kind of interception you would not expect him to make. He just did not recognize the defense. Um, he basically threw it right to Jimmy Ward. It just bounced off him to Warner. <clears throat> um, you know, it, some, of, some of them are just sort of uh, you're surprised by. Um, so... Obviously, they scored a lot of points for most of the season when he was at quarterback, but there were some, you know, inexplicable interceptions. He was not consistently efficient, which he's been pretty much throughout his career. Um, But, you know, you and I both know people can say whatever they want. Quarterbacks don't fall out of the sky. You can say, well, you know, Dak, he's not the guy. Okay, well, then who's going to play quarterback next year? You know, so we know Dak's going to be the guy. The question is, how do they then deal with their offense and um, you know, I still think, you know, it's funny. I think I said to you a number of weeks ago that the Cowboys were not that talented at the wide receiver position. And a lot of people on social media said, I didn't know what I was talking about. And then like three days later, they signed T.Y. Hilton. So they told you they weren't that talented at the wide receiver position by what they did. Um, 
But I think that they, they, they have to figure some things out on offense, and I'm curious to see, you know, what their approach will be in the offseason. Pretty disappointed, Greg, and Daniel Jones Saturday night. Um, look, I know the Eagles did some good things schematically, but when he ran out of bounds for a five-yard loss, he lost me, Greg. You know how I feel about that as a former offensive lineman. He ran out of bounds for a loss of five yards. He knows you're allowed to just throw the ball away when you're outside right. of the pocket. I, I don't know what happened to him in that game, but, man, it felt like the polar opposite of the week before against Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, to me, that was a game where I just felt that, and I was somewhat surprised, they were just overmatched. Maybe maybe it was it's just roster. You know, obviously, if you look at the Giants roster versus the Eagles roster, you would say, hey, they, the rosters don't compare. But he was kind of, um, you know, that was a game where theoretically, if they wanted to win that game, they needed Daniel Jones to be great and they needed to throw the football. Because they're even though they have Saquon Barkley, and we've talked about this, Ross, they're not really a running football team. Barkley is a big play back, but they're not really a sustaining ground team. So it's not like they can line up and say, let's give it to Saquon. He's going to control the pace and tempo of the game. Um, but just from a talent perspective, they've got issues that need to be addressed. It's not a highly talented roster. They pro- they had an unbelievable season given that. For the most part, Daniel Jones played well. He will be their quarterback next year. I think there's more to get out of him. And I think after a year with Dable, and with, and, and, and who knows what's going to happen with Mike Kafka, but if he's still there, you know, I think there's more to do with him. And look, they played with three wide receivers who – when they started the season, you know, you never would have thought those would have been their three wide receivers going down the stretch. So, you know, there was a lot that went on there, and they're just not a really talented team. Lastly, Greg, got to bring up Trevor Lawrence. You know, I know they lost the game. I think I came away even more impressed. I mean, they're down 10. He leads them down for a touchdown. They're down 10 again. He leads them down. Agnew fumbles at the five. You know, he had that bomb to Kirk that Kirk dropped. Yeah, I, that's, Kansas City is a tough place to play. It is loud there. I thought Trevor Lawrence did a lot of really good things in that game. I was encouraged. Is that fair? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because I think that who's ever working with him, whether it's Doug or a quarterback coach or whoever, has done a really good job with Trevor Lawrence because everything he's doing now is so much quicker than it was. He needed to be sped up in all areas, and they did that. And they understood what needed to be done with him. And, you know, one thing that stands out with Lawrence is his aggressive willingness to make tight window throws. And and that's a positive. You have to do that in the NFL. And I think he's got the mentality to be a higher level passer. You know, he's willing to turn it loose. He understands the kinds of throws that you have to make in this league. Um, And he's willing to do that. Uh, But as I said, it all starts with the fact that they sped him up. Um, they got him more compact in everything he does from his drop to his set to his delivery. Um, you know, it was a really positive season for Trevor Lawrence with that coaching staff. And you would expect things to, you know, to continue to improve as he goes into his third season. Greg, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time as always. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. You heard Greg talking about Trevor Lawrence continuing to improve. How about you continue to improve your life and your lifestyle? Do you have one of those awful fiberglass bathtubs that is from like the 80s or the 90s or even the early 2000s? You don't know how to fix it. You don't know how to get something better. Listen, I just got two bathrooms remodeled. So happy with it. The folks at West Shore Home, first of all, I mean, the guy came at seven o'clock on Tuesday night. 
because my wife works to give us the free consultation. So they already were a winner in my book just for the willingness to do that. But then my biggest recommendation, all of you guys, go to www.westshorehome.com slash Ross. There's nothing I can say on this show that will do it justice. If you see the pictures and see the videos, you'll be like, oh, oh, heck yeah. I got to do that too. I mean, my daughters are thrilled, absolutely thrilled with how much cooler the shower is, how much bigger it is. They had like, it was like a low ceiling. They were able to get the ceiling up higher and it just looked so much bigger. It was like, I don't know why they had this like drop down ceiling thing. Anyway, uh, they did an unbelievable job. Westshorehome.com slash Ross. Big fan, big believer. You get a free consultation and you get 20% off. But just go check out the before and after pictures and videos at westshorehome.com slash Ross. That's all you need to see. Tux takes. All right, Ross. All of the award candidates for the NFL Honor Show on February 9th were announced. We'll start with the MVP, which is Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes. Not going to comment on who I think should win these. I'm going to comment on the candidates. I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't think Justin Jefferson's a realistic MVP candidate, um, but I think the other four guys are the right guys. Next is Coach of the Year with Brian Dable, Sean McDermott, Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan, and Nick Sirianni. So I'm a little bit confused on this because I've seen some where they say there's five finalists. I've seen others where they say there's three finalists. I, I don't really understand. It's like I've seen tweets for both. And in the one where they say it's five, they get rid of uh, Sirianni. And who were the four, the other ones? I think Sirianni and McDermott might be the two that were left out. Yes, because they have Dayball, Peterson, and uh, Shanahan all up for the finals. I, make up your mind. <laughs> Not you, Jack, them. <laughs> for Defensive Player of the Year, we have Nick Boza, Chris Jones, and Micah Parsons. Sounds about right to me. Maybe Hassan Reddick should be involved. Hassan Reddick, second in the NFL sacks. I think he might have led in strip sacks. Hassan Reddick should have been in there too. Offensive player of the year is Tyree Kill, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's such a weird award. Like how could Joe Burrow and Josh Allen be up for MVP, but they're not up for offensive player of the year? What does that even mean? <laughs> Offensive rookie of the year is Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker, or Garrett Wilson. That sounds right. Defensive rookie of the year is Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, and Tariq Woolen. That also sounds right. Those are the guys I would pick for both of those, I think. Comeback player of the year, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Geno Smith. Well... People are going to think this is the second time I'm mentioning an Eagles player, but Brandon Graham at 34 years old came off a torn Achilles and had a career high 11 sacks. That's a pretty good comeback. And then the finalists for assistant coach of the year are Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, and Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they're missing somebody, but those all sound pretty good to me. Tuck takes. Two important items of note, or two important items for the NFC Championship and AFC Championship games. 
Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes a full participant and 49ers defensive end Charles Menahue will be available on Sunday as they let the legal process play out. Mahomes looked pretty good from what we were able to see after the press conference walking down the steps, although I could tell he was like focusing on trying to look as normal and okay as possible, but he wasn't quite, I could just see he put a little more weight on that left leg as he was coming down the steps, tried to make it not that obvious, but I could see it. You know, there's a lot of gamesmanship going on right there about, um, you know, Mahomes trying to make the Bengals, I think, think that he's a hundred percent from a game planning perspective. I want to know if Mahomes can hop on a Peloton right now and, and do a Peloton workout probably could on a bike. I don't know if he could do a Peloton workout on the treadmill, I'd be curious to see. I mean, I guess if you can practice, but I bet you it was a very, very limited practice. Let, it, let me see him do a 10-minute power walk on the Peloton or a 30-minute endurance ride. You guys know I've talked about this the last couple of weeks. Huge fan of Peloton. Huge fan of what it's done for my wife. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law never stopped talking about it. They love the music playlists. They love the instructors. It's perfect for any level if you're like a hardcore fitness person they've got the classes for you if you just want to start something they've got the classes they've got the sessions for you that's the best part about it you can try it risk-free with a 30-day home trial it's for new members only it's not available in remote locations just go to onepeloton.com slash home dash trial onepeloton.com slash home dash trial as for a who you know Kyle Shanahan said that they felt pretty good based on uh the research they had done about the situation so rather than it being a situation where they cut him right away or whatever suspend him right away they're gonna allow the legal situation legal process to play out on a menu who's actually on the injury report but is expected to be available uh, for the game, he's a rotational D end for them. Shout outs are in order always, Jack. Let's go reverse order today. Greatest Valentine's Day gift of all time, myfrontpagestory.com. If you haven't gotten it yet, I'd love to hear why not. Backofficescheduler.com, Vision Comics with an X, Evergreen Economics. Pretty good time to go to go-bangles.com. D-A-S-H. H, by the way, go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, and the deliciousness that is Pizza Boy Brewing. All the other shows are up. So I know a lot of you are just Raw Soccer Football Podcast or maybe Raw Soccer Football Podcast, even money. Joe's breakdowns of the game on Fantasy Feast, excellent. You would really enjoy it. Certainly even money is fascinating. And then the college draft with Emery, he talked about why Lamar Jackson retweeted him and thanked him this week, which I think you guys will find interesting. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.